Welcome to Beyond the Show, the podcast home of all things Cannabis Conference. My name is Eric Sandy, and I'm the digital editor of the Cannabis Group at GIE Media. We announced our Cannabis Conference 2023 advisory board last week, and no doubt you saw some familiar names on that list. These are the folks who are helping us craft this year's educational programming across multiple days of panel discussions, research-backed presentations, and keynote addresses from luminaries in the biz. We've got a spotlight on each of those board members over at CannabisConference.com, so please check that out. In the meantime, I'm happy to share a recent interview with one such board member. On the show this week is Hope Wiseman, owner of Marion Main Dispensary in Capitol Heights, Maryland. Born and raised in Prince George's County, Maryland, Hope has always been passionate about serving her community. In 2014, Hope graduated with an economics degree from Spelman College, and after spending a year at SunTrust as an equity institutional sales analyst, she decided to continue striving for excellence by pursuing her dreams of entrepreneurship. In the fall of 2017, Hope became the youngest black woman dispensary owner in the U.S. with the opening of Mary in Maine. In addition to her entrepreneurial pursuits, Hope is a speaker and consultant to individuals who are looking to enter the cannabis industry. She joined us at Cannabis Conference 2022, and we discussed that panel in this interview, along with much more. So please enjoy my conversation with Hope Wiseman. Hello, Hope, and welcome to the show this week. Very glad to have a chance to talk with you in these fairly early days of planning for Cannabis Conference 2023, and also, I suppose, the early days of of the Maryland adult use market. It, it isn't even up and running yet, but it's certainly in the offing. Um, so we can certainly talk about the conference in a moment, but I figured maybe starting with that Maryland news might be uh, a good way of setting the stage here uh, of talking about Marion, Maine and, and some of what's going on in the market. Um, you know, back in November, our team, of course, was covering the elections and not every state was as uh, successful as Maryland. I'm curious in the in the days that followed the election, what were some of the main, I suppose, reactions or ideas that you were thinking about following that vote? Yeah. Well, first, Eric, thank you so much for having me and um, to the entire Cannabis Conference team. I'm super excited. Um, But yeah, to start with Maryland, we, you know, after the election, um, we expected the ballot initiative to pass. But immediately I began to think about the legislation that will be created uh, um, in the upcoming session, which is happening right now that would govern our industry. So I felt like, you know, the real work has just started and I'm super excited to see how everything plays out. But Maryland has taken a pretty big stance on making sure to infuse social equity into the program from every aspect. So I am definitely positive on the program. And I think it's going to be an example for the rest of the states around the country as they also um, begin to legalize. And I think it'll be a, a talking point on the whiteboard for federal legalization as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was one thing I wanted to get into. And I know that at least in this um, this bill that's being discussed currently to get the market up and running, uh, social equity applicants, let me bring up my notes here, uh, social, ap- social equity applicants are being brought to the front of the line for each of these license types, um, at least the way the bill is is presented as is. Here we are in, in mid-February. Um, you know, could you maybe elaborate a bit on on how the state has discussed social equity? I mean, it, 
the adult use market yeah. is, is, is coming up soon, but of course the medical market's been been operational for a little while. How has Maryland been so far on, on that on that part of the industry? Well, if you recall, the medical market was faulted for not having enough diversity. And Maryland, um, you know, the population of Maryland is extremely diverse with over 30% of the total population being Black. Um, so, you know, you, you'd want to see that reflected in license types. They don't want to get it wrong again. So, of course, with license types, yes, they're introducing um, priority licenses to social equity applicants. They're also introducing incentives for current licensees like myself um, and other major uh, operators and MSOs to partner with social equity licensees. There are also a bunch of funding programs involved um, for potential licensees and applicants. Um, and not to mention, you know, they're looking at social equity, not just from making sure that those who have been disenfranchised or somehow affected the war on drugs, um, getting a place in the industry, but also uh, to make sure that communities and families are reinvested in. So there's a community reinvestment fund. Um, and also tax revenue has very specific uh, designations on how it can be spent, um, all of which are tied to uh, really arrest rates um, and other ways to show which communities in the state of Maryland have been most affected. So I think that Maryland is going about it the right way. And they're prioritizing not just uh, social equity licenses, but also making sure that uh, monies are directly uh, going towards those community organizations that are already doing the work um, and into the local municipalities that can uh, invest into enriching communities that have been disenfranchised. So I'm excited to see that. Um, criminal justice reform uh, is to follow in the state of Maryland, too, because I think that's another huge piece of uh, when we talk about social equity and cannabis. So, yeah, I think Maryland's definitely leading the way. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say just between Maryland and, and I'm, I'm tempted to throw New York into the conversation as well. It seems like as we get into 2023 here that uh, state legislators and regulators are finally picking up on the conversations that licensed operators and, and certainly consumers have been having for a number of years. And, and that some of these newer markets on the East Coast and in the mid-Atlantic uh, may, may be real leaders in the cannabis space. I know you know, California, Oregon, I mean, some of these older markets just have a sales volume, I suppose, but you're actually, you're seeing a whole different kind of market emerge uh, in, in your neck of the woods there. It's pretty exciting to see. Totally. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, the one unique thing about Maryland is at least with the bill, how it's currently proposed, um, it does, it still has license caps. So it's not a, you know, open market. However, it's a lottery system. You still have to qualify and be social equity. Um, it's more, the, the ownership requirement is more than majority. It's at 65% to qualify as a social equity owned business. Um, so I really do think that this could create a, a lot of, of minority small business owners. Um, I don't think it's an environment that is, you know, it doesn't breed well for large corporations. Um, it restricts the number of licenses you can hold and the license types you can hold in conjunction with each other. So, you know, it doesn't allow for companies to grow too large, but I think what it can do as Maryland's uh, industry is creating 
uh, creating itself and just beginning, I think that what this does is it gives smaller businesses an opportunity to play in the market, especially as uh, national legalization comes to the forefront in the next couple of years. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, well, for for you and your business in particular, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, but what are some of the maybe major um changes or, or strategic issues that are on your mind as you're looking at adult use, you know, in the future here? What, what are some of the main ways that, that you and your team may need to shift in terms of either mindset or, or actual business strategies? Yeah, I mean, some of these are very obvious, right? So we're going to be experiencing an uptick in volume. We expect to see a lot more people coming through our doors. So we have to get even more efficient, even quicker, while still giving the same level of customer experience that people have grown to really love for Mary and Maine. So we're working on perfecting that now. We have a few months before um, adult use would start if this bill was passed, which would be July 1st. So, you know, we're really working on perfecting that, perfecting our lead times um, and working on education. I think as far as mindset shifts, I think now, right now, our patients, a lot of them have been settled into the program and have been coming to us for the five years that we've been open, um, where now we're going to get a lot of people, first time cannabis users, you know, off of the street, just saw the sign and are curious, um, maybe heard about something and have questions. I feel like we're going to have more um you know, just novice users. And we're going to have to go back to the early days of explaining what everything means, um, explaining the industry, the do's and the don'ts, just because it's legal. If you live in an apartment, you know, you can still be fined or potentially even kicked out for your cannabis use. Don't drive and smoke, things like that. Um, you know, just re-educating the consumer now uh, from a different standpoint, you know, and not every user is going to believe that they're using cannabis medicinally. Although, side note, I believe that every use is cannabis use, or a medicinal use, but I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, some people not, might not believe that. So there's definitely some education there um, that's needed. And I think there's a careful nuance uh, in the adult use market on how you communicate education. Um, and how you market to customers uh, to make sure that they are, are using cannabis safely. Um, so yeah, you know that's how we're really preparing for the shift. Um, I'd say business-wise, you know we're gearing up to to double up on inventory um, to make some much-needed upgrades to the store that we would be doing either way. It's been five years of business, but now you know we're adding registers. Um, we're looking at more ways to shop with us, like maybe a drive-through or walk-up counter or walk-up uh, windows or things like that. Um, so we just want to make sure that we're as accessible as possible and we're still being smart and running a lean business. That's something that we've always been very proud of, that we never overspent. Um, I'm especially happy about that now while we're going through our issues in cannabis. Certainly. Um, but yeah, you know, we want to, as we grow to the new market, we want to keep our expenses as close to where they are right now. And, you know, just realize those, those gains from, from the increase in customer base. Yeah. These, uh, these themes are all reminding me of, of the last time we spoke, which was actually at 
Cannabis Conference 2022, and uh, we were on a panel entitled In the Black, and it was about being cash positive in the industry and and got into a lot of different retail strategies. That was in August. Uh, It's now February, six months later. I feel like from all the conversations I'm having that the price compression issue is uh, is really tightening uh, going back to the fourth quarter of last year and, and the start of this year, certainly. Um, so maybe we don't need to go too far into the weeds here, but I'm curious how the downward price pressures are materializing in Maryland's market. Are you dealing with a lot of, uh, a lot of those downward pricing trends? Totally. You know, Maryland is not exempt from it. Um, what I've, what I've seen is this trend typically happens in more mature markets, Um, It happens much quicker in more open markets where there are a lot more licenses In limited license states. It takes a little bit more, a little bit longer for it to happen, but it's almost inevitable. Um, Price compression is going to happen when there's oversupply. Um, And what happens in most mature markets are, you know, they look at the growth of the industry in the first two or three years and they they think that it's going to continue to grow at that rate, which is usually high double digits or mid to high double digits, it's not going to continue to grow at 30 to 40% every year. There will be a leveling out. Um, and I think that every cultivator and processor, what they look to do is kind of gain that market share as quickly as possible. So it works out for one or two companies, and then everyone else is screwed because there's just an oversupply of product at this point. Um, and that's where price compression happens. So I think that it could be fixed by regulatory um or, or regulations or, or legislation. Um, but in reality, the what's really going to happen is what happens in most industries. And what really probably should happen is eventually cannabis will be an open market um, that will help a little bit. But really, you know, the value is going to be placed in brands. Um, and, and the plant itself, the flower itself will be looked at more like a commodity. And then you'll have your small craft growers, uh, that grow really, really excellent cannabis that probably also are attached to a really great brand that people love. Um, so I think that's kind of the evolution of our industry, but while we're still in this highly regulated environment, um, you're going to see each state have their own journey with price compression. Um, and I, like I said, I believe it's inevitable the way that our industry is structured right now. So it's just something that you should prepare for and people should start baking into their performance. Yeah. My sense is, is you're spot on there with, with not only what's, what's happening right now, but, but how things may shake out in the near term or even the long term. And, and some of these big high level issues are, as you know, exactly what we're going to get into out at cannabis conference. Now, you know, we're talking early in the year. The show is in August. A lot can happen in six months, I suppose. But um, but we can sort of see where the wind is blowing to some degree over the next six months. So I'm curious, uh, at Cannabis Conference coming up, you know, you're, you're on the advisory board uh, and, and we always appreciate uh, your insights in helping us plan the show. Um, what are some of the maybe high level topics that you'd be interested in, in discussing with with industry stakeholders out of the show this year? Yeah, you know, I think this year we're kind of settling into um, some realities about our industry. So I think high level, I would love to kind of, you know, listen in on ideas around price compression in mature markets. 
um, and just around pricing in general in mature markets and how to control it, keep your expenses down. Um, and, and kind of, like we said, uh, on the previous panel, stay in the black. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely am interested in conversation around federal policy and kind of the predictions of where that goes last year and the years before we saw a lot of, you know, a lot of pump fakes and, um, it made stocks or investor confidence go down a lot in our industry, when in reality, I think that everything that happened could have been predicted and it could have been uh, baked into the stock. So I don't think that confidence should leave um, the cannabis industry. I think that people just have to get a little bit more realistic. And we were you know, playing with monopoly money and, and all these monopoly numbers before. And I think now people are just getting real. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to talk about kind of federal policy and kind of federal regulation and how that can um, uh, impact our industry. Um, and then another topic, which is kind of related to federal, uh, policy is, um, interstate commerce. You know, we see some States already coming out with bills around it. So, uh, I'm excited to kind of discuss the ideas of what that could look like and the impact that that would have on the States that likely will embrace it. Um, and how entrepreneurs can prepare for those opportunities, Um, And then lastly, I'd love to talk more about research in the cannabis industry. We know President Biden has uh, encouraged more research in our space. And I think that that will really unlock a lot of doors um, when it comes to federal and state and local policy. So I'm really excited to see that. And I know that uh, that will be really big towards, you know, the movement of the industry forward and eradicating the stigma Um, Not to mention getting more government money into the hands of uh, those stakeholders that can make a difference in the space. So I'm excited to see more research and to discuss the types of research that we need um, in our space. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm right there with you. Very excited to get into some of those topics out of the show. Um, One thing or one question, rather, that that I like to end these interviews with, it it tends to be something like, uh, you know, what are you hoping that attendees can walk away with and and bring home back to their business? And once we have the schedule out there and we have these panels on on paper, I probably will start bringing that question back into these interviews. But but I wanted to end with you today, um, you know, with a realization that that getting out to Vegas and and taking time away from work uh, is you know, might not be the easiest thing in the world for a lot of operators. This is going to be a busy year. And by the summer, it's it's just going to be even busier. So I just wanted to get a sense from you, especially after last year of of what you see as kind of the upside of of getting operators out of the out of their facilities, wherever they are in the in the country or in the world and, and bring them to Vegas. Uh, what are some of the maybe inherent values of those conversations that you just mentioned? Totally. You know, the value of community is is really something in cannabis that we should not take for granted. Uh, there, It's very difficult to find people that understand the struggles that you've been through, even if you know other entrepreneurs. Um, oftentimes, they can't understand the highly re- regulated environment that you are sort of trying to survive in, um, not to mention if you're a minority or a woman, um, the other systemic issues that you deal with on top of 
an already very difficult industry. So it's really amazing the environment that we curate at the conference. And this year we have a lot of really special roundtables that are really um, geared towards this type of community um, involvement and building. So I think that that's the main reason that I'd say sometimes it's good to pack up your desk, put down the computer um, and get out in the field and talk to other people about what they have going on, what's worked for them and what hasn't worked for them. So you can avoid um, costly mistakes um, and also just for morale. So, you know, you're not alone um, and there are other people who are ready and willing to help you. Um, so yeah, I really love that about this conference that it's not just, you know, I, I think it's, it's very friendly for cannabis hopefuls and, you know, people who are interested in getting into the space, but there's also a huge space for people who are already here, um, and that are seeking that community, uh, you know, building and, and strategic partnership. Well, I, I certainly agree there. You know, I'm, I, I love to see uh, the education un unfold across those three days. And, and I've been a part of a number of these shows at this point. And this year, to your point, I think there's going to be a fair amount of, you know, catharsis and, and joy. I mean, I mean, that's, that's there every year, but, but this year uh, I think we're all going to be pretty excited to get out there six months from now. I, I can already feel it. Um, totally. Yeah. Well, between now and then uh, I'm excited to keep the conversation going with you and, and the rest of the board. Uh, obviously, very excited to watch uh, things unfold in, in Maryland between now and then. And, uh, you know, for now, Hope, I, I'm really uh, glad we got to talk today and, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Yes. Thanks, Eric, again. And that's a wrap on another episode of Beyond the Show. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Hope Wiseman. I know I did. It's, it's great to get a chance to talk to business operators, uh, and the licensed medical industry in states that are about to flip over to adult use. I tend to find that transition pretty fascinating, and it's something that is kind of becoming more and more universal as states are coming online or, or legalizing adult use in one form or another. It's something that medical operators are increasingly having to, to reckon with or, or to strategize around. So it's it's something that we love talking about at Cannabis Conference as well, and no doubt we'll be getting into that this August, out at Cannabis Conference 2023. We're going to be releasing the schedule of educational sessions in the near future, so keep an eye out for that. And it will certainly include uh, some retail conversations as well, building off of this conversation that Hope and I had. In the meantime, though, check out CannabisConference.com. We're still offering the lowest rates of the year. So if you're thinking about going out there, and I know you are, we're going to see you out in Vegas anyway. Why not lock in a nice, cheap rate between now and March 15th? You know, every six weeks, the rates will kind of increase. So be mindful of that and plan accordingly. Uh, you can learn more at CannabisConference.com. Learn about the different passes that we're offering to the show this year. Check out more of the Cannabis Conference Advisory Board, including Hope, of course, as well as her fellow board members who are helping us craft that educational programming that you'll be enjoying in about six months from now. At CannabisConference.com, sign up for emails there. And every Friday, at least, join me over here on the podcast. We're going to continue going beyond the show with fantastic folks from around the industry shedding light on the issues that we'll be getting into at the actual show not too long from now, out in August, out in Vegas. So check out CannabisConference.com, and I'll see you here next week. <laughs>